Again, I would like to say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers here. Um, I praise God for the multitude of godly mothers here at Cross Point Community Church. My sisters in Jesus, we praise God for you. Cross Point Community is truly blessed because of your faithfulness. I, uh, I want to say I praise God for the, the mothers in my life, the faithful women in my life. I praise God for, first and foremost, the mother to our five blessings. My wife, who selflessly and tirelessly serves our family so well. And I don't think she's here. I think she's back in the music room about to come out. But I praise God for my wife. I praise God for my own mother who faithfully pointed me toward Jesus and encouraged me over and over and over again to submit to God's plan for my life. I praise God for my mother. I praise God for my mother-in-law. A woman who graciously and lovingly serves everyone around her every single day. So I praise God for the mothers in my life. Today we'll take a break in our study from Romans. Um, mothers who uh, were anticipating Romans 9 on Mother's Day. Um, we're going to kind of take a little bit of break from that heaviness of Romans 9. Uh, and we're going to jump right into another wonderful text of Scripture. Um, I'm going to invite all of you right now, if you haven't done so yet, would you turn to Proverbs 31. Today we will be studying this wonderful concept, this theme, through Proverbs 31. But to be honest with you, it's a theme that runs all the way through the book of Proverbs that we're going to see unfolded today. Here's the theme. Fear. The greatest attribute of a praiseworthy mother. <laughs> okay, right now, from the onset, you're like, no way. He didn't just say that. Well, we're going to see this unfolded from the Scriptures very clearly in Proverbs 31. Um, here, let me just share the temptation of my heart today. And, and I've kind of exposed this temptation to some of you mothers in this room, but... Um, the temptation of our hearts as we come on Mother's Day is to kind of just share a couple really neat little encouraging thoughts and verses and just send our way uh, for an early lunch and just kind of go our way being, you know, lovey-dovey encouraged and we're ready to go. I'm going to tell you, there's mothers in this room that are not going to let me get away with that this morning. I praise God for all y'all theologians out there. <laughs> theologians, women theologians, that can't wait to receive the word every single Sunday morning. If I'm going to stand up here and I'm just going to give a couple of little cute ditties and statements and make you all laugh and, and share a couple of verses and send you on your way, I'm telling you, there's ladies in this church, godly women that are going to be like, you shortchanged us, pastor. We came to study. And so for that sake, we're going to study this morning. Not only that, but that's what this pulpit is to be used for, is uh, impetus to deeply study God's Word. Not just to provide entertainment, but when you come on a given Sunday morning, to be fed from the precious Word of God. So this morning, we're going to dig into a book of the Scriptures that is so often used and abused, the book of Proverbs. 
We're going to take a look at Proverbs 31. Um, as, as you're getting set for this, though, here's my prayer today. That every single woman and mother leaves here encouraged. From the onset, I want to acknowledge this. Uh, an unignorable reality in our church in regard to Mother's Day. If I could just speak this way, this holiday is not so festive for some in this room. For some that might be listening online or on the radio, you know what I mean. For multiple reasons, this is a day you may find yourself enduring rather than enjoying. You only find pain and heartache from past memories or present struggles. Maybe this day doesn't look the way you thought it might. If I could speak directly to you, my dear Christian sister, please know you, my sister, you are loved. We are glad you are here. Please be assured you are not a subpar believer. It's just because you don't enjoy this day the way some others might. Please remember, as we just sang, God is still on His throne. God is always good. God will sustain you. And you have a church family here at Cross Point that loves you dearly. Please hold on to that through this entire day. That being said, I also do want to pray. I've been finding myself praying this. God, please help whatever said today on this Mother's Day to be just a wonderful encouragement for all ladies here, all women here, but all mothers here. And there's all kinds of different sorts of mothers here. <laughs> Think about that. This week I'm thinking about, okay, I'm going to preach to everyone here, but I'm preaching to different types of mothers here this morning. And, then there, there's, and so I started writing down the different types of mothers that I'll be preaching to today. Mothers with new children, like a really new children, child right here. Mothers with older children. I see some older children represented today. What a blessing that is. Mothers whose children have children. Mothers whose children's children have children. I a man right here. I met and talked with a wonderful mother here, Janice Wiley. Great-grandmother. So many of you out here, great-grandmother. How many great-grandmothers do we have out here? Praise God for you. So mothers whose children have children, mothers whose children's children have children, mothers who want more children. Mothers who, after getting ready for church today, don't want your children anymore. <laughs> Maybe you know what that was like, getting out that front door. Please someone just take these kids. At any rate, we're in Proverbs this morning. Proverbs talks so pointedly, but so encouragingly towards every single follower of Jesus Christ, more particularly in the Old Testament, worshipers of God looking for the promise of the Messiah. Proverbs is one of those poetic books in the Old Testament. If I could just kind of paint this picture just briefly. Although several were involved in its writing, the main one who wrote and assembled was whom? Solomon. We see him through the Old Testament. 
Not necessarily a dude that made all the right choices. Nonetheless, one who prayed for God's wisdom. So wisdom comes out in a very profound way through the book of Proverbs. I'm not going to go through and, and give all of the context of the book of Rome, uh, uh, sorry, Romans. You can tell where my mind is this morning. In Proverbs. But worth noting from the start of our, of our talk today, our study today, is this. Based on its genre and its purpose... Proverbs is not, and we've got to get this into our minds as we look at the reason for Proverbs. Proverbs is not a book of fixed promises as much as it is a, a book of foundational principles. Okay, what do I mean? Let's just make this practical. Very practical. Okay? Uh, through illustration. Proverbs is not like a grocery store with set products as much as a garden with developing produce. That's the way to look at Proverbs. It is developing. It is workable. These are sayings from God's men to show us the way of wisdom. I mentioned just a minute ago, it is part of the poetic books in the Old Testament. So we need to take the poetic books as a whole to see what God is doing through His people. But when you look at Proverbs, you've got to realize that it is not a book of fixed promises. It is a book of foundational principles. So today we will focus on the last chapter of Proverbs. This is the climax of the climax of the book of Proverbs. Very intentionally placed in this position. It was written, if you look at the top of Proverbs 31, you might want to do this in your Bibles. It is written by one King Lemuel, who recorded the instruction from his mother. Some would surmise that this is potentially Solomon writing from Bathsheba. I, I don't think there's as, as good of evidence towards that. It's possible. I don't think it's probable. But when you look at Proverbs 31, when you go to Proverbs 31, you're going to find two really, really cool poems. The first poem is about the wise king, and then leading us to the second poem of Proverbs 31. This is the excellent, the virtuous, the valiant wife. This last poem is intentionally the climax of the entire book of Proverbs. All of these things you read in Proverbs are guiding us toward a story. And at the end of the book of Proverbs, we find this dynamic story. This poem is awesome. Okay, If, if you look at how this poem is formatted in, in Hebrew, you'll find that every single main point or every single main description of this excellent woman comes from another letter in the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, subsequently going through all of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And when you go through these acrostic-type poems in the Old Testament, in the poetic books, there's a purpose. Usually, the purpose is to lead you to the climax. And the climax comes at the very end of the poem. So this morning, I want us to read the end of the poem. The climax of the climax. Proverbs 31, let's look with, would you look with me? It's, it's on your handout there. I'm reading for, from the ESV. Uh, for those who don't have that translation, that's right there on the top. You can look at your Bibles, which I would encourage you to do, or your device if you must. Uh, Proverbs 31, 
I'm just going to read these four verses as we see the last four verses of this book. Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women, many women have done excellently. Some of your translations might say valiantly. But you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. So before we dig into this text any further, we need to take some time for a pre-Proverbs 31 discussion. (laughs) If we could be brutally honest at this moment in this study about potential feelings right now when we open our Bibles to Proverbs 31, there's different reactions from different women in this room, and not just women, from men as we open the Bible to Proverbs 31. I'm going to tell you, these reactions expose to us how we interpret this book and potentially how we interpret it wrongly. What's our reactions? Well, some right now are sitting here and you've read through Proverbs 31 over and over and over again in your life. You are sitting there right now with sighs of discouragement. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh no, here it comes. <laughs> Can we just go through this quickly, Pastor Andrew? Can you not preach for 50 minutes today? There is no way I will ever meet up to this. You know that, that, that temptation in your mind right now. It's like, yeah, right. I left my, chill, I left my house a mess this morning. I overspent my budget this week. Uh, I sent my kids to school like at least three of the days this week with 30 faces and with... Uh, worn out clothes I can't bear to read through Proverbs 31 again (laughs) you understand what I mean so some of us read through Proverbs 31 some of you ladies I understand you read through this and there's this sigh of "Ah, I can't do that I'll listen because it's in the Bible but I don't match up and never will so let's just get through this quickly preacher man (laughs) that's what you're doing right now I understand That's one of the reactions. Maybe there's another reaction as you read through the book of Proverbs. This one is a little bit more of the elitist mindset. Maybe a much smaller group of potentially sitting there with an element of confidence. You know it took me 25 years, Pastor Andrew, but praise Jesus. I finally got most of these down. At least most of the time. I know most of all y'all moms around here today, you, you may get like a 60 or 70 on the Proverbs 31 exam that we're about to go through. But after many years of blood, sweat, and tears, I'm at least like about a 90%. You see how this might elicit some form of elitism and, and false confidence in who I am. You see that. So right away there's this discouragement that's happening, a potentially a weapon to be yielded as, as discouragement right now around the country. There's, this passage is being preached at in multiple pulpits. I guarantee it. And in a sense, there's a bit of a, a wielding of a weapon of, you can't do this. Moms are thinking, ah, oh, 
Here we go again. Others thinking, I can do this. There's a third type of response going on as you open Proverbs 31. Here's the third response is, and this one will come from dads or children, potentially. It's an element of, of judgmentalism. You will not say it out loud because you want to eat this week. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Praise God, Pastor Andrew's finally preaching on Proverbs 31. <laughs> you're kind of looking out of the side of your mouth, or your eye. I don't know how you look outside your mouth, but you're looking out of the side of your eye, just making sure your wife's paying close attention right now. You getting this? You better not be sleeping through this. Do you understand there's a, there's a bit of weaponry happening in Proverbs 31? There's a, a judgmentalism. There's an elitism. There's a discouragement happening. And so when we go to Proverbs 31, we need to be very, very careful and very clear on exactly why Proverbs 31 is in the Bible. In order to get this, we must think a little bit more diligently on the background of this book. And so what we're going to do in just a couple minutes, this is on your handout. I want us to think about the background of why Proverbs 31 is in the Scriptures. Three basic observations about the book of Proverbs climaxing in Proverbs 31. Reason number one, Proverbs presents a clear contrast between two traits. What are these two traits? You know them because they're all the way through the book. Wisdom and folly. Simply enough, wisdom is seen and living according to God's moral perspective. Folly is seen and living according to man's fallen perspective. These are all the way through the book. Wisdom, folly. This entire book of Proverbs through poetry and, and saying in Proverbs is creating and describing this description. Wisdom, folly. But this is the beauty of it, because by God's Spirit, Solomon, uh, through this poetry, number two, we see this observation. Through Proverbs, the two traits are personified into women. I mean, I'm taking a massive look at the book of Proverbs right now. There's two women through the book of Proverbs that show up frequently. What am I talking about? Well, in this book, we have lady wisdom and we have lady folly. Lady wisdom functions with a self-sacrificing fear of God. Lady folly functions with a self-serving fear of man. What am I talking about? A passion for godless pleasures and attention to approval um, of people. Rather than seeking what God desires for my life, which would be Lady Wisdom, Lady Folly is seeking for what other people say about my life. Gaining my insight from what other people say about me, and not only that, what my inner pleasures want me to do. There's this distinction through the book of Lady Wisdom, Lady Folly, and it's developed through the entire book. In just a minute, we'll see more of this. If you want to see it highlighted in a massive way, write down Proverbs 9, because you clearly see Lady Wisdom, Lady Folly in a wonderful and helpful contrast. So that leads us then 
thinking about the book, there's two character traits in the book that are shown up all the time, wisdom and folly. There's two people personified through this book, Lady Wisdom, Lady Folly, and then we come now to Proverbs 31, the climax of the climax. What do we make of this chapter? How do we interpret this chapter? Number three, the excellent woman of Proverbs 31 is the climactic example of how wisdom is to impact every area of our lives. I love this. Proverbs 31 is a lady of wisdom. We've seen this developed all the way through the book. Why not climax with the entire life of the lady of wisdom personified in the excellent woman? Let's see what her day's like. We've heard about it in all these Proverbs all the way through the book. Now Proverbs 31 is putting this woman of wisdom on display. It's beautiful. This is not meant to be wielded in some judgment or elitism or discouragement. This is meant to encourage every single woman and actually every single follower of God, worshiper of God, follower of Christ, to live out wisdom every moment of every day. That is why we read, Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Proverbs 31 in our Bibles is not simply to put a special woman on display, but to put God's special wisdom on display. You catch the distinction? We're not lifting some woman up on some pedestal. I'm sure there's a, there's a, there's an element of this that paints a portrait of a really special woman to be emulated. Sure, that's part of the equation. But more than that, Proverbs 31 paints a picture of how wisdom, driven by the fear of God, is to impact every single area of our lives. Not just to show 40 characteristics of a really amazing woman, but to show us a life saturated in wisdom. Wisdom that touches every decision to be made all the way through the day, no matter where I go, no matter what I do, the fear of God and wisdom. You see this starting to unfold a little bit? Why Proverbs 31? Not for me to stand here and share with you 40 characteristics from 20 verses, but to show you how God's wisdom is to infiltrate everything we do all the way through our lives. This key truth today. A mother who fears the Lord is to be praised. So good. Proverbs 31, 30. If we take it within the broader context, and I told you we're going to dig in today, didn't I? You hanging on? You good? We're going through with this? I hope so, because I still got about 20 minutes. <laughs> All right. Let's think about this key truth in the broader context of the book of, uh, of Proverbs here. Since the fear of the Lord, and we're going to bring this dynamic in in just about one minute. Since the fear of the Lord is the foundation for a God-honoring life of wisdom, a mother who fears the Lord is to be praised. What I want us to do the next 15, 20 minutes is to take this key idea and just pull it into three sections and explain it, starting with this one. 
Since the fear of the Lord. Why? How did the fear of the Lord and Lady Wisdom, how do they come together? I'm going to tell you, through the book of Proverbs, these two are inseparable. Lady Wisdom is consumed with the fear of the Lord. My friends, this starts at the beginning of Proverbs. And we find this fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But before we do that, I want us to talk about this. What is the fear of the Lord? What is this fear? A lot of different discussion about what this fear is. There are a lot of different teach, Bible teachers or preachers uh, talk about this fear. Well, I want us to kind of summarize it quickly down to three descriptions. First of all, this fear of the Lord is a deep respect for God's justice that has to be part of the fear of the Lord. It's seen in the Old Testament into the New Testament. It is a deep respect for who God is. His holy justice. It is not ignoring that we serve a holy God. But it goes beyond that to this next description. It is a consuming reverence. Please circle that word if you must. Because all of this fear of God concept in the Old Testament into the New Testament, I believe, is summarized in the English word reverence. It is a consuming reverence for God's perspective. The fear of the Lord, and catch this, because we think of fear as in, uh, uh, here it comes. In the scripture, the fear of the Lord is not shirking from God's clenched fist, but bowing before God's strong and caring arms. Catch that. That's what the fear of God is. It is not shirking from God's clenched fists. It is bowing before God's strong and caring arms. That is the fear of the Lord in the Scriptures for the believer. Leads us to a third basic description of the fear of the Lord. Here it is. It is a humble submission to God's sovereign plan. The fear of the Lord will always incite some sort of a response of submission to this God. That is why at the end of the the book of Proverbs it says, The fear of the Lord is... This woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Why? Because she has a deep respect for God's justice. She has a consuming reverence for God's perspective. She has a humble submission to God's plan in her life. This woman is to be praised. Lift this woman and these these characteristics of wisdom as high as you can. Let's continue on. Since the fear of the Lord is the foundation for God, a God-honoring life of wisdom. Okay. So what we're talking about now is the foundation for life. Talked about the fear of the Lord. Now let's talk about the foundation for a God-honoring life of wisdom. Right away, we must acknowledge that the book of Proverbs, inseparably, as I already mentioned, connects lady wisdom with the fear of God. These two go hand in hand. Maybe you're saying there, prove it. Okay, I'm glad that you asked that because Proverbs chapter 1 starts off the whole book with an introduction. Right at the beginning of the book, it, there's no hiding what this book is all about. What do we find in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7? By the way, if you have time, read verses 1 to 7. I'm not going to take time for that today. I'll read verse 7. Here's what it says in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. 
There we are right away, marrying the lady wisdom to the fear of God. If you want to see this come alive even more, go back to that Proverbs 9 that I shared with you. In Proverbs 9, you find this wonderful text, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. So this life of wisdom, consumed with the fear of God, is the beginning of the Proverbs. It is through the middle of Proverbs, and my friends, that is why it is at the end of Proverbs. Proverbs 31, 30. Here it is. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That's not just popping up at the end. It's all the way through this wonderful book. Why? This is the foundation of everything that you find in Lady Wisdom. But I love how it is to saturate all of Lady Wisdom's life. And talk, you're like, talk to me about that. What do you mean it saturates all? Okay, well, I'm not going to read through all of Proverbs 31 right now. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Andrew. You can read that on your own time. But why all of these descriptions, these 40 descriptions? I just mentioned it. It's so we can see that the fear of the Lord leading to wisdom is to impact everything we do. Think about this in the story of this lady, this, this excellent wife in Proverbs 31. How does she and where does she live this out? She lives wisdom in the home. Uh, with her husband and children. Not with her husband or children. Husband and children. Not with her children or husband. It's both. Here it is in verse 11. I'll just read a couple of these. Verse 11, the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will, not, and, and he will have no lack of gain. Verse 12, would you look at verse 12 with me? Here it is, living wisdom in the home. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. How does she interact with her children in the fear of God? Verse 27, she looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. What's the point of bringing that into Proverbs 31? Here's the point. She lives the fear of God at home. Okay, let's continue on. Living wisdom or the fear of God in the community. Where do we see this in this text? I love what it's said here about her interaction with leaders or with poor and needy. I'll just simply read verse 20. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. What's the purpose of this? God's wisdom is lived out in the community. Where else is this lived out? It is lived out in the marketplace. All right. Verse 14. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. She lives out wisdom at the grocery store. <laughs> at the mall. Do you understand where this is going? Wisdom, the fear of God, is not just meant to be lived out at your home. It is to be lived out at the grocery store. It is to be lived out in the community, anywhere and everywhere you go. That is the point of Proverbs 31. Let's continue on. It is live, uh, living wisdom is to be meant to be lived out in private toil. What are we talking about? Your hard work that nobody sees. You live the fear of God. This is a very important point because sometimes we think the fear of God is to be lived out so everybody can see it. My friends, that's not the case. 
Sure, people will see it when the fear of God abounds in someone's life. But this is meant to be lived out in private and public. I mean, we see that very clearly. Uh, verse 15. She rises while it is yet night. Who's going to see her then? <laughs> and provides food for her households and portions for her maidens. Verse 18. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. While everyone else is sleeping, she's toiling through the fear of God. Verse 19, she puts her hand to the distaff. Her hands hold the spindle. Even when she's creating things for her family, she is fearing God. This is such a wonderful uh, concept for us to, to embrace. Not just ladies here, but dudes here. <laughs> when, we're, when we're cranking that wrench on our car, changing those crazy brakes, we're fearing God. We're watering that garden that hasn't been watered in some time and that's all dead now. We're fearing God. It impacts everything we do in our private and public. And why do I say public life? Well, in public discussions, this is how she talks in public. Would you look with me at verse 26? She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. This is so good. So she's living wisdom when nobody sees her, and she's living wisdom when she's around everyone and how she talks. There's a lot more that could be said about this, but we're going to continue on. What's the point? Wisdom through the fear of the Lord is meant to impact every area of our lives. In relation to the woman or the mother, God's wisdom is to saturate everything you do. If I could just bring this down to, to where we're at today, moms, there's meaning to changing that 50th diaper in the day. There's meaning to washing these clothes with the fear of God, just like there's meaning to interacting on a professional community level. There's meaning to everything you do in the fear of the Lord. There's meaning to cooking a meal and helping with homework, just like there's meaning to helping with the poor and needy. Sometimes in our minds we think we're just doing Jesus' deal when we go out and help people. No, we're doing Jesus' stuff when we cook meals for the glory of God. Do you understand where we're going with this? Find encouragement, women of God, that everything you do in the fear of God means something. Every area of your life has meaning. To the woman who fears God, every task is a God task. My friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, I want to say this. I sat down this week and I found myself praising God that this is a room full of women, I believe, mothers and grandmothers just like this. Serve God at your home. You serve God if you work. You serve God in your car. You serve God in your community. Your lives are consumed with a fear of God. You are living the life of lady wisdom. No, you're not perfect. But you have purpose because, the fear of, because you fear God in every single task of your life. If I could share an encouragement, I told you I want to encourage you today. Keep it up! Mom, keep going! In the middle of the night when no one sees you, and you're so angry that you have to pick up another shoe that's in the middle of the floor. 
Keep serving Jesus. And now the last part of this key truth, and we'll close it out here today. I've already said enough words. Since the fear of the Lord is the foundation for a God-honoring life of wisdom, a mother who fears the Lord is to be praised, my friends. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she is to be praised. This praise is not unfamiliar to our Bibles. It is the word Hallel. Honestly, it's the word Hallel. Used in the Psalms over and over again. This mother, we're talking about Lady Wisdom who fearlessly, tirelessly loves God, is to be held in such esteem that songs and shouts of praise extol this woman. By the way, if I could just interject this, in a, in a, in a world that tells you that your Bible is chauvinist, that tells you that there's a God who doesn't care for women, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to find a more loving, caring book in all of the world than the Bible, than the ministry of Jesus Christ for women. He loves them. We find this come alive in Proverbs 31. Clearly in this text, there's distinction from our natural tendencies, is there not? What's our natural tendencies, my friends, here today? To pick somewhere, something on the outside and praise that. And then what are the two that this passage points out? Charm and beauty. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This is contrary to the estimation. I, I should say this is superior to the estimation of those who see only the outward Charm and beauty are not entirely bad things, my friends. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, the word charm means elegance. The word beauty, obviously, is attractive appearance. Those are not in and of themselves bad things. But that's why we say the fear of God is superior to these things. Not contrary to these things. The excellent woman the lady of wisdom is to be praised above deceitful charm. This is attractive elegance. Sure, a woman might have elegance in her life. She might move gracefully. She might talk gracefully. Her life might be attractive. But the key question is, does this woman fear God? She is praised above vain beauty. We live in a life, a world that idolizes the image Clearly, I mean, you just look at social media anywhere. Look at billboards. Look at TV. This is a world consumed with making these people created in the image of God. We're talking about women, sisters in Christ, and others. Making them no more than a statue, an image. No, these are people. Praised above vain beauty. Practically, why should she pra uh, be praised? Why should she be halleled? It's because she will not abuse the praise. Do you see how this fits together? Why should you praise a woman of virtue, a lady wisdom? Why should you praise her? Because she's not going to abuse that praise. Why? Because her life's consumed with the glory of God. Do you see how this works? Praise this woman because she's going to realize that it's not all about her. It's all about Him. 
That is the connection with the fear of God. How practical is this? We live in a world, again, that says you have value if you look a certain way, if you wear a certain style, if you post a certain image, if you fit a certain mold. My, my sisters, find comfort. The fear of God brings liberation from this trap. Liberates you from this trap. This prison. I, I say this as a husband to a beautiful wife and four beautiful daughters. I can herald this. It's, it's okay to be beautiful and elegant. But nothing noble, there's nothing noble about abandoning beauty and elegance. <laughs> but keep it in its right place. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. In a twisted world of image idolatry, please find encouragement, ladies, here today. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So what? Hopefully you've tracked with me. You might have to take some of this home. <laughs> Even last night, uh, Saturday nights, Hannah and I try to go on like a, a mind-clearing walk. Last night our walk was from, honestly, I think it started at 10.30. <laughs> and went to about 11, 11.15, just to get out there. It's fresh air, some cool air get ready, pray, talk about the next day. And we're walking last night, and I'm like, oh dear, Hannah, I have a lot to share tomorrow. <laughs> There's a lot in this text, and I hope we can follow it. I hope we can work through it. My sisters in Christ, this is not overly complicated. This is a treasure from God Almighty. A God who cares for each one of you. And so as we go to the so what section, here it is, has the fear of the Lord saturated every area of your life when you come to the end of the book of Proverbs. This is the question you should be asking. Has the fear of God, seen from God's perspective, reverencing Him above all else, has that saturated anything and everything I ever do? Driving the kids to school, cleaning the bathrooms, teaching lessons, cooking meals, leading community groups, shopping for food. Does the fear of God infiltrate every single thing you do? Why? Because it all matters to King Jesus. It all matters to Him. How do we prove that? By Lady Wisdom in Proverbs 31. Take courage, my sisters. You won't be perfect. But as you live out this fear, God, a fear of God and submit to His wisdom in every area of your life, you are living a praiseworthy life. For dads and children here, you're not off the hook. <laughs> you thought you were. No, you're not off the hook. Why? Because the book of Proverbs is for all of us. In fact, if you go to the first nine chapters, it's a father to a son. This is why I love the family dynamic in the book of Proverbs. The father to the son, and in the first nine chapters, the father to the son, constantly teaching the father to the son, you find four poems of Lady Wisdom in the first nine chapters. Why do I say that? It is to reach into every one of our lives, this wisdom. Clearly, this text personifies Lady Wisdom, but Lady Wisdom in the book of Proverbs is meant to be emulated by all of us. So my dad friend here, my young friend here, my older friend here, has the fear of the Lord saturated every area of your life? And then lastly, I want to conclude every single sermon from this pulpit with a connection to the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. 
For New Testament believers, how much more significance does this hold for you and for me? We realize that the whole Old Testament is leading us directly to Jesus. This focus on inner transformation, the fear of God, is only complete in the person who truly knows Jesus Christ. As unlovely sinners, Jesus is the one who changes us from the inside out so that we can truly and faithfully love God with all of our hearts. That this fear of the Lord can truly be lived out in every area of our lives because Jesus has changed our hearts. So for those who have never come to Jesus Christ in saving faith, you cannot look beautiful on the inside if your heart has never been cleansed by God. Please know that. You cannot truly live out this reverence for God if your, true, your heart has not been changed by God. Would you, my friend, and I'll just say it this way, would you come to Jesus today? As we go our ways today, let us remember this dynamic truth from Proverbs 31, the climax of the climax. Lady Wisdom who lives out the fear of God found in this verse. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So God, thank you for the exhortation from your word. For mothers here, for ladies here, for all of us here. Our prayer, Almighty God, is that fear of your fear of you, wisdom, would infiltrate every single thing that we ever do. My friend here today, I'm so thankful that God brought you here. I'm so thankful that you are open to hearing the teaching of the Word. God is growing us all. Oh, God is growing me through this week in this text. Does the fear of the Lord touch every area of my life? Everything I do, is it consumed with fearing God? Respecting and reverencing Him above all else? Submitting myself to His his lordship in my life? And I have that same question for you. Some of you in this room have never come to Jesus Christ in saving faith. As I just mentioned, I would encourage you, don't delay. If God is calling you today, respond to his drawing with a prayer of submission, calling on him to save your soul. There will be those at the front as we end out this service that would love to talk with you more about this. I will be in the back saying goodbye to my friends, all of you. There will be elders around, other people around. If you have questions about your eternal destiny, your relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I would say, I would implore you, my friend, settle that this very day. Father, we thank you for the time we could spend in your word today. We thank you that you love us in Jesus Christ. We thank you that, uh, that we see this example of Lady Wisdom in Proverbs 31 and how the fear of God is to infiltrate every single thing we do. Thank you for the listening ears and please help it to be translated into active obedience for this week, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to do something. I know I just prayed, but I'm actually going to... Uh, our, our elder in charge of missions is not here today, 
uh, Chuck. He was under the weather. I'm going to invite Mike. Would you mind coming up and just sharing a prayer for us? Uh, there's a team of us that leave on Wednesday. Uh, we're headed to Costa Rica with Chapel Jim, so I'm going to invite Jim to come up. Any of you going on that trip? Um, my family's going, so Hannah, come on over here, and Kara, Sela, David are going to go. Uh, Mark Barron's is headed out there. Ridge, if you're, come on down, Ridge. Uh, two of our members of the team, uh, Pete and Tina Ferrer, are with their mother up in Bernie today. They're not here. Um, and was there, did I get everybody, Jim? I think there's 12 of us. Come on in. Let's pray, and I'm going to ask Mike, would you just say a quick prayer of grace uh, for this team? I'm going to hand this to you. Well, I can't mess this up, right? All right, dear Father, we just thank you, Lord, for uh, this group of folks that uh, you're sending over to uh, glorify you and on your mission, Lord. We just pray that uh, for their protection and uh, that you would get them there and uh, do your will and bring them back to us. Um, to, for your glory, Lord. And I uh, just uh, praise you for all of these folks here today, uh, especially the mothers and grandmothers that are here as well, Lord. And um, just pray that you um, would bless this group. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Mike. Would you stand with us? And by the way, would you pray for us this week that God would give us the opportunity, not just in Costa Rica, but on the airplane, anywhere we go to share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, just as we all have that opportunity.